Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Kasperin, and this is our weekly look at the Cleveland Indians. I am joined by George and Bastion live from Washington, D.C. From uh, what museum are you at? I'm at the Air and Space Museum. Uh, it's awesome. I came here with, with my dad when I was a kid, and I don't remember it. So I came back today so I would remember it, and it's just as good as I don't remember it being when I was little. Yeah, I, I can remember uh, popping in. You know, the, D.C. is like the greatest city to be an intern, as I was, uh, what was that, 14 years ago now. Uh, when you're a broke intern uh, living on dollar uh, Big Macs and you have uh, all these free museums <laughs> laying around, that's, that's, a big, uh, that's a big help. Um, all right, so a lot has happened uh, with the Indians since we last spoke. J.B., I was off last week. Uh, a lot of uh, trade deadline uh, activity to sort through, of course, and I'm, I'm sure you talked about that on last week's podcast, but I wasn't there, so it doesn't count. Uh, but really, I think the bigger issue right now is just the starting staff. It's got an ERA north of nine in the month of August. Obviously, this is this team's signature strength. It's, it's the reason uh, you, you feel good about it as we get to October. Uh, it's going to have some, some rough stretches here and there, but it's been a particularly rough stretch. And I know the big question associated with this has, has been the catching situation and how much has Jan Gomes' absence, uh, you know, paved the way to, to these starting struggles. I know you've dug into the numbers a little bit. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's, you know, eight days ago, nobody was emailing me asking uh, how much Jan Gomes was missed. <laughs> plate. So it's funny. You know, he got hurt in, in mid-July, and then for the rest of July, the starting staff, uh, went on without missing a beat. Um, I actually wrote a little bit about uh, how Roberto Perez and Corey Kluber had really found uh, you know, something that they didn't have last year when they worked together briefly. Um, I think Corey Kluber has a 1.55 ERA with Roberto Perez, even through the last week of rotation issues. Um, so I, you know, I think you can kind of just chalk it up to a bad week. I mean, Salazar came down with the injury. Um, some other guys had, you know, laid some eggs in terms of starts. And then all of a sudden the numbers get really bloated and people start wondering if it's the catchers. But like I said, they were they had a for the rest of July after Gomes went out, I think it was a, a mid three ERA, very respectable showing, kinda of right on par with where it was with Jan Gomes. So I think hey, hopefully it's just a bad week. Every rotation, no matter how talented, goes through great weeks and goes through bad weeks. 
and I think for the Indians' sake, they can hope this is just one of those rough patches, and things you know are going to kind of line back up here with a, a rotation that's kind of too talented to keep performing this way. Yeah, you'd have to imagine uh, it, it rounds back into shape, but the catching situation is uh, obviously it remains a major issue uh, right now. Right. And we said it going into the trade deadline is going to be very likely to be Jonathan Lucroy or Bust. And uh, as it turns out, it's Bust because uh, Lucroy, re- yeah, Lucroy rejected the trade, and we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, you expect uh, that the starting staff will round into form in uh, you know, one way or another, but the catching situation is still an issue. Roberto Perez is not performing offensively, of course, uh, since he's uh, replaced Gomes and um, not, you know, no really on-the-cusp option down at AAA. What do you see uh, now that Jonathan Rucolor is, is off the table and, and, of course, rejects the trade, ends up with Texas? What do you see for the catching situation here these next few weeks until Gomes gets back? Yeah, well, I, I do think it was kind of Jonathan Lucroy or Bust, you know, at that trade deadline. His option for next year was so affordable, being just over $5 million. Um, and he was the type of guy that they felt not only would give them a huge offensive lift, um, but maybe wouldn't have them missing a beat defensively. You know, he's a guy who is, you know, very well regarded for his game calling and, and pitch framing and, and defensive ability behind the plate. And the defensive side is one area where the Indians really do like their catchers, their tandem of uh, Perez and Jimenez and, and Gomes before that. You know, when you look at what they've done offensively, it's been the worst in baseball in terms of the catching position. When you look at what they've done uh, defensively, you know, the advanced metrics, you know, put them near the top of the American League. So they want to make sure with this pitching staff that they have a group that, you know, the pitching staff likes to throw to and that is the case with both Roberto Perez and with Chris Jimenez. Um, so that's where a guy like, you know, a lot of people have written in about Brian McCann, where I don't really see him as a fit, not only for the, the big salary that he has over the next two and potentially three years, um, but because he would kind of be a defensive step backward from the group that they have right now, you know, even though he would be an offensive upgrade. So I, I think the reality with Roberto Perez is he didn't get the type of rehab assignment that they'd want Jan Gomes' injury kind of forced the Indians' hand, and he was brought back a little early, and we've seen him kind of go through that quote-unquote spring training of sorts as he's tried to get his legs back under him and get used to playing you know, that full type of major league workload. So, yeah, it hasn't been great, but I really don't see them adding a catcher at this point. I think it is going to kind of be you know, this group going forward, especially because the rotation and the bullpen and everybody just enjoys working with these guys so much and values what they bring behind the plate. As you mentioned, it was Luke Roy or bust for the tribe in the trade market before the non-waiver deadline. And curious to get your reaction to uh, Luke Roy's uh, discussion of, of why he did reject this particular trade. He was, of course, concerned about uh, 2017 playing time when Gomes is back and, and how that would affect them in free agency uh, the following winter. Uh, it certainly seemed the Indians were surprised by that because obviously they were giving up quite a bit to get Luke Roy, so they had every intention of playing him. Uh, but it maybe came down to how they were going to utilize him. I don't know what they communicated to Luke Croy. We're, of course, not uh, – we, we weren't uh, flies on the wall for, for that conversation. But, uh, you know, it, it seems to me he's most valuable behind the plate. He probably would have seen considerable time behind the plate. I don't know if there's some miscommunication here or what, but what were your thoughts on how that all played out? Yeah, I definitely think there was some miscommunication. I mean, Mike Chernoff, the GM of the Indians, said that they never spoke directly to Lucroy. 
Um, Luke Roy, when he did his, uh, he wrote, you know, the whole story from his perspective, had mentioned that his agent spoke with Chris Antonetti. And, you know, so maybe there was some miscommunication there. But, I mean, let's face it, you look at what Jan Gomes has done this year, even though he's under contract for next season, you know, the guy's batting 160, and you're bringing in a, a two-time all-star, one of the top five catchers in the big leagues, you know, he's not going to be a backup. And I don't t- totally buy also the idea that it would hurt his value if he spent time in other positions. If anything, the Indians would be keeping his legs fresh if he spent some time at first in DH. And not only that, he would get more at-bats than a typical catcher would. So I think you would be looking at a situation where maybe he would have been the number one catcher as well as a guy who could spend time at other positions to get at-bats. You know, not only would that for the long-term you know, health of a catcher perhaps be, you know, better for a long-term contract. But, you know, like I said, you'd be getting more plate appearances in a season, you know, in order to maximize that offensive production. So I don't really buy the idea that it would have hurt his free agent value um, if he would have moved to other positions. And I don't think 29 other teams would have just forgotten that he was a top-five catcher in baseball if Jan Gomes was spending some of the time or splitting some of the time catching. So, you know, it's kind of an interesting situation. You know, I don't think anybody will ever really know, you know, what went behind it. You know, he was underpaid when you look at what his option is for next year in terms of where he was in terms of other catchers in the league. But it's his contract and it's what he signed. So, um, but I guess along with that, within that contract, he had the right to, to veto a trade to eight teams and he exercised that right and ended up on a, a playoff contender in the Rangers. So, you know, he got his wish. The Indians didn't get theirs. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if the Indians and Rangers meet up in the playoffs. Yeah, it would be a fascinating subplot for sure. And as I wrote on that, that crazy Sunday morning before the trade deadline, I mean, timing is so powerful in these matters. And, and the Andrew Miller trade would have been, uh, you know, a, a stunning swap all on its own had it not been accompanied with this news about Luke Roy. So you kind of had the feel of the Indians kind of batting 500 for that day. Uh, but obviously the Miller trade was a big acquisition all on its own. And, uh, he, boy, he's really come as advertised, J.B. I mean, one day he's brought into a high-leverage situation in the sixth. A couple of days later he's closing out a game in the Bronx. And what an asset to have a guy, and in this case multiple guys, him and Cody Allen, who can handle the ninth inning but are also open to other roles as well. Yeah, it's like it's Terry Francona's dream scenario, you know, where he can have the right-hander and the left-hander down at the end and a guy who trusts uh, Brian Shaw to handle, you know, a thousand innings each season. Um, you know, but he's got like he's got these three guys that he can now match up with anywhere from the sixth to the ninth inning and do it based on leverage situations. You know, that's exactly the way Terry Francona likes it. You know, to this day, I don't think he's referred to Cody Allen as as the closer. I think all of us writers are the the only ones who have just dubbed him Indians closer, Cody Allen. You know, Terry Fracona doesn't like that word. He doesn't like labels. Um, and now he's got sort of that perfect tandem for the back end where when this rotation is going the way it should be, you know, that really shortens the game and, and creates a, a pretty deadly combination for other teams. You know, if you're looking ahead to the playoffs that the Indians get in, you know, I, it's hard to imagine a team would want to face them in a short series with the rotation that they can have and with the bullpen, bullpen they can have. So definitely a great acquisition. It was sort of the perfect fit. You know, Aroldis Chapman would have been a, a great addition, but I thought Andrew Miller, not only in terms of his stuff, but his 
willingness to, to handle different roles and the fact that he was under control for a few more years. It was kind of the, the perfect guy for the Indians to target, and it was nice to see them you know, in this position for once to pull the trigger on that type of trade, which did come at a high cost in terms of prospects. All right, let's dig into the injury situation here. Uh, Danny Salazar's MRI was kind of uh, you need to dodge a bullet. There's no way about it. No, no two ways about it. But uh, his absence, even for a couple of weeks, is still a blow. And then uh, on the position player side of the spectrum, Plain Dealer is reporting that there was another setback for Michael Brantley. And as we said, uh, you know, it just seems like you can't count on any meaningful contributions from Doctor Smooth this season. What was your take on uh, both of these situations? Yeah, Salazar. Yeah, definitely. I guess. Uh, good news that you know it's not structural damage, you know, or anything related to the Tommy John surgery he had when he was a minor leaguer. You know, this guy is going to be. Yeah, I don't think he's ever had 200 innings in a season. Um, maybe a touch under. You know, and he definitely hasn't had the high stress volume of innings that he's had this year. So it's definitely in their interest to to kind of protect him and be conservative. You know, as they continue to march forward with October in mind. You know, once you get deep into October, you need him, you know, performing uh, at his best. And, you know, they know that, you know, maybe rest is the best way to do it for a guy who, you know, they held out of the All-Star game for fear that he would want to get out there and reel back and throw 100 and show off that arm, you know, when it necessarily wasn't in his best interest. So, you know, I think that a couple weeks off of rest might be a good thing. We saw Carrasco, he had the injury earlier this year, although it wasn't arm-related, but, you know, that time off benefited him in terms of being fresher down the stretch for the Indians. And Michael Brantley, you know, I think, again, I, I think the Indians need to continue to operate under the assumption that he's not going to, to make an impact. I thought that was the approach they should have taken at the deadline, and I think they did in trying to get Jonathan Lucroy and adding Brandon Geyer to the mix for that outfield. Yeah, you know, they just can't assume he's going to be back. And if he does come back, they can't assume he's going to be the guy that he was in the last two years, you know, just given the – the issues with that shoulder and with the bicep this year. So, you know, I think you know, it seems like he's just sort of treading water in terms of that hitting program, you know, not able to bounce back. And that's why you haven't seen any reports of when he's going to get into games or anything like that yet. You know, I think that they need to, again, you know, continue to operate like he's not going to come back and be an impactful player. And, you know, they could be running out of time in terms of a rehab assignment for him to be able to get those reps that he would need to join the team anyway. So, Definitely an interesting situation to follow and one where they may be reaching that breaking point of saying, hey, we need to just shut it down for the year and, and think of next season. All right, there you have it. The latest from Jordan Bastion. I want to thank him for joining us. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Cleveland Indians Edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.